Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Now that it's official, just what are the options for the Cardinals moving forward, minus that are all pro pass rusher and Chandler Jones? The other storyline this week, and we're all making it a big deal, but is it a big deal for Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray returning to the state of Texas? We know this, the state of the Cowboys' defense is not good. We'll examine the numbers. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 332, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side, defense caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. So I think, MJ, we were all holding out hope but the inevitable became truth earlier today when head coach Cliff Kingsbury announced Chandler Jones will be lost for the season. He'll undergo season-ending surgery on that biceps injury. And again, I think this was what we all anticipated, although there was some talk of maybe some non-surgical options. At the end of the day, this might be what is best, not only for Jones, but the team as well. Yeah, it's unfortunate. We talk about, you know, what a huge loss he is and, you know, curious to see, and we'll get into what some of the options are, but just not having him on the field in the locker room. Now, I suspect once the surgery and he's able to start re- recovering, not so much rehab, uh, he'll be around the team, and that's that's going to be important. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I, I, it was wishful thinking. I mean, not to get too technical, there could be a slight tear, a partial tear, and then a torn tear. And then you look at, you know, he's, he's, he's going to the final year of his contract. So there's a lot of things at place here, but obviously if he had an opportunity to put a harness on there and be on the field, I think that would have been the case. He's, he's, he's about winning and obviously playing well to where he can consider for the pro football hall of fame down the road. This puts a little setback there, but he'll be ready to go next year. Yeah, and that's the good news. Kingsbury put a three- to four-month timetable on the recovery, and you're looking at January, February, so a full off-season. Hopefully we have a normal off-season, but at least a full off-season for him to kind of rehab and get ready for that last year in which he's under contract. So that is the good news. Of course, life in the National Football League moves on. What do the Cardinals do now? And I think this is something we'll also touch on tomorrow when Vance Joseph meets with the media. But just you and I here going back and forth, and I know we kind of touched on it earlier in the week as well. But there is some good news. Devon Kennard, during the open portion of practice, spotted. So that is excellent news. We'll see how that week progresses for him on whether he'll be available on Monday night. Remember, he's missed the last two weeks with a calf injury. And then you just look internally because right now, MJ, they haven't brought anyone in. They haven't signed anyone to the practice squad, so it would appear, at least for this week, it's going to be internal candidates as opposed to external candidates. That is correct. And, you know, you start looking at it, and I did notice Kennard out there. You know, the fact that they brought him on the trip, he actually tweeted out on Sunday night that he's getting closer. Um, but just like a high ankle sprain, uh, possibly a hamstring or a groin, really there's no time frame. And it's really not about pain tolerance. It's about being able to go out there and play to your capability and, you know, you don't want to hurt your team. So I'd be curious to see how he looks. Now, there is one extra day here, but that calf 
muscle, that calf injury, that can slow somebody down. So the good news is he is making progress, and they can definitely use him on Monday night. Absolutely. Then you look at Hassan Reddick, Kylie Fitz, Dennis Gardeck, and maybe even Isaiah Simmons. As head coach Cliff Kingsbury said, quote, the guys we've seen out there, we'll just see out there more, end quote. Simmons is certainly an interesting option. We'll see if that is indeed the truth. But, of course, when you're an outside linebacker just rushing the quarterback, it's, okay, here's my spot, there's the quarterback, what's the quickest point between two places? a straight line. So maybe we see some Simmons at outside linebacker. And then the other option, which I think is interesting, Zach Allen. Yes, he's a defensive lineman, but if he plays the end and really spreads himself out, he might be an option as well, just to get some pressure on the edge. And of course, Jordan Phillips and Corey Peters manning the middle to get some pressure up front. Yeah. I like what you're, the way you're thinking there. Yeah. So Reddick, uh, you know, assume he's your number one starter along with Kennard, uh, if active. And then you throw in Kylie Fitz. Now, he, I didn't see him out there during the open portion, but it's still early in the week. Um, the Cardinals will practice on Saturday, um, basically probably a light walkthrough, and then they'll travel on Sunday. Uh, Dennis Gardeck, um, didn't see him out there during the open portion, but again, it's early in the week. They got an extra day. And then you throw Isaiah Simmons in there, and to me, I've been – you know, pounding the drum, he needs more reps. Um, I'm not saying going for 13 to 40, but I keep him in the front seven. And, you know, I'm, I'm concerned about his strength. Can he shed a block? But I do like his athleticism and his upside and his speed. I think it'd be really good in the flat on a running back. So I want to leave him closer to the line of scrimmage. And then you just look at it's going to be it's really going to be committee and rotation. And you're going to have to have, you know, what Garlic did was remarkable in 10 snaps. So, you know, they're going to have fresh players. Chandler Jones was playing every single snap. So this is going to be by committee. And, you know, we'll see what they end up at the end of the year. But right now, other guys have chipped in. And, and we were hoping, you know, another player or two would get eight and a half to 10 sacks where you didn't have one guy. So, you know, J.J. Watt's gone down. A lot of good Pass rushers have gone down. Now it's, you know, opportunities for some of these guys that are rotation players. And really, that's all you can ask for at this point. The Zach Allen option, he certainly has the size. It's does he have the get off as far as the line of scrimmage is concerned to make an impact? Although I did notice a couple of snaps late in that contest on Sunday against the Jets without Jones, that Zach Allen was in a three point stance, but he was further away from the football. So, We'll have to see and how defensive coordinator Vance Joseph mixes and matches to try to get some pressure on Andy Dalton, who will be your starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, and, and don't forget they like to play, uh, you know, it seems like one week Rashard Lawrence is getting the reps, and then you look at Lucky uh, Foto, he's getting the reps, and then Blackson. And, you know, so they got a good rotation there. It doesn't appear that um, Peters is playing, you know, 72% of the snaps. But I think Zach Allen can also stand up. I mean, I, it, he's not 290, he's over 300 pounds. And, uh, you know, the Cardinals wanted him to get stronger and add more weight. And when you bring in Phillips, he's all of a sudden your left defensive end. Um, but, again, it seems like his his snap count is, is going up. Uh, he actually had more than Peters in the last game. So, and he's younger. And, you know, he's a guy that obviously is, is physicality, uh, doesn't take plays off, not that Corey does, but you're going to get a great effort from Zach Allen. And it could just be a bull rush like Garlic 
where it can, you know, maybe it's a play here and there. So I, I like what you're thinking there, and I think that would be a viable option. The other viable option perhaps is something that I hadn't really thought about, but DeAndre Hopkins brought it up earlier today. Quote, the offense has to step it up, end quote. You just score a lot of points, MJ, and you don't have to worry about it defensively. Now, I think that's a little bit hyperbole, but to his point, yes, if you're scoring 35, 40 points, maybe you don't need the defense to be as perfect. You don't need a number of takeaways, a number of stops. Maybe just a couple will do. So it sounds like within the offensive room, without it being said, they're taking this loss on their shoulders as well. Say, hey, we need to do better, and that's something we've heard from week one to now, that the offense has yet to get into rhythm, get into high gear like they think they're capable of. So if you just score some more points, then, of course, as a defense, you're automatically going to make the opponent one-dimensional as far as the other team, and they'll have to force to drop back more and make that easier for the defense to rush the quarterback. Sounds like Hopkins was listening to Cards Cover 2 in training camp. You know, they have a lot of downtime there. And, of course, it's available 24-7. Didn't we talk about that going into the season where the, the Cardinals' uh, offense was going to have to carry their water? And, and my concern was, or at least fair to, uh, you know, raise a red flag, not a red flag, but an antenna, is they had so many new starters. You know, in that front, in that front seven, I mean, at times there's four guys, five guys, and then, you know, you throw in Drake or Patrick and, you know, so I thought it would take time there. I, I couldn't agree more. And that's nice that they would no- notice that and recognize that. And, and um, again, they're going to do what they got to do. But I, I think they realize, hey, if we can score some points right here, like if you go to if you go to Big D and get a lead like 10 to 14, nothing, what are they going to do? They, they can't run Elliott. And then all of a sudden that's going to play in the hands of guys that are looking to get sacks and turnovers. I mean, they're going to play right into that. So I, I like the fact that, you know, Hop said he thought about that, and they, they haven't been told that. But just, you know, two and two is four here. You don't have Chandler Jones, so your defense is probably going to be on the field a little bit more. Offensively, um, they feel like they found something in a passing game. Now it's only one game, yes, against the Jets. Um, and I think they showed flashes that this offense is clicking um, in certain areas, not for four quarters, but in certain areas. Make no mistake, the loss of Chandler Jones is big. It's a huge blow to this defense, even though production-wise, stat-wise, he only had the one sack. But as we've chronicled here, it's the trickle-down. What does he do that takes the attention away from someone else to have a freer shot or less obstacles in the way of their shot at the quarterback. So be interesting to see what defensive coordinator Vance Joseph has to say tomorrow. And of course, we'll cover it right here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Bird Gang, remember to update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. All right. So the Chandler Jones storyline is one that we were not expecting to have this week. What we knew we were going to have this week is a homecoming, not only for the head coach, the quarterback, a couple of players as well, but the big one is Kyler Murray going back to his home state of Texas, where he, in a word, phenomenal as a high school football player at Allen High School and then going on to Texas A&M and into Oklahoma. And as he said earlier today, it all began when he was playing peewee football in which 
people kind of started to notice him and there were fans watching his game. So as big of a contest as this is, and let's make no mistake about it, it gets no bigger than AT&T Stadium, no bigger than the Dallas Cowboys, and no bigger than Monday Night Football. Yet this is old hat for Kyler Murray. Yeah, I mean, you go back to his high school days at Allen High School. He uh, he was 43-0. State championships, and, uh, you know, he's had the opportunity to play there. Now, according to StatWiz, Mike Helm from the Arizona Cardinals, Murray was 6-0. He threw for 2,200 yards, 24 touchdowns, 19 rushing touchdowns. He won three state championship games and the Big 12 title game at AT&T Stadium. So, and then, then you throw in, uh, we'll focus on, on, on Murray right now because Hopkins has been successful there also, but it's, it's just amazing. It's like a full circle, you know, and he's only in his second year. And of course you play the Cowboys, depending on where you finish, you know, likely every four years, usually it's every eight years home and away. So th- this, this really worked out for him. And, you know, I know a lot of guys are downplaying it. It's just another game, and I think you have to approach that. But it's Monday Night Football, as you mentioned, the Sejeri Dome, and, you know, they're not going to have 100,000 fans there. But that place is like a nightclub. I mean, it, it, players start watching the game on the Jumbotron. I mean, it goes from, like, the 20 to the 20-yard line. I've been there. Um, uh, usually they have, a, a, a you know, in the both of the end zones where you pay $50 and there's, like, a – you know, a little bar there, bar there, and people just drink and they watch the game from there. But and then they got you know go-go dancers on the speakers. I mean, it's a nightclub, and it's hard not to just. Is this really a football game? Now, when the game starts, and I think the butterflies, you know, wear off on that maybe that first or second possession, depending on what side of the ball you play. It, it's it is the NFL and it's Monday Night Football, but it's just. There's just more glitz and glamour. I mean, they build this up for a reason. There's going to be about twenty to 25,000 fans in attendance. At least that's what's expected come Monday nights. And it's, relatively speaking, when you look at the crowds that Murray has played in front of, either at Oklahoma or Allen High School, um, that doesn't even come close. I mean, that Allen High School stadium, I think, seats thirty to 35,000. It was his first year there that that building opened up. He never lost there, has never lost at AT&T Stadium. Kingsbury can't say the same thing as a head coach at Texas Tech. In fact, his last game at Texas Tech when he lost to Baylor, that game was at AT&T Stadium. So a little bit different as far as the experiences with Cliff and Kyler. Yet I'll say this, I'll give Murray credit. Sometimes he doesn't let people into his inner thoughts, if you will. He was a lot more open and honest about what this game means to him and to his family. But this is not going to be a big game or any bigger of a game than he's ever played in his life. Because I can make a case that have been bigger games, bigger stages, more pressure. Yet this is the National Football League. It's the highest game you can play. And as he says, quote, I obviously have to stay composed, play my game, play our game, execute at a high level in order to win, end quote. So he's taking the right measure, making the right message, and now he's just got to go out and play, as he said, his game. 
Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, like I said, I'm, he's the last guy I'm worrying about. And, um, you know, the fact is that, you know, I don't even know if Larry Fitzgerald's play that much in that stadium. Probably not, just because, you know, they have the old stadium and the new stadium. And, again, unless you finish in the same place or you're facing that division that year. No, I, I like the fact. And, you know, I, I really believe this is going to be a shootout. it's going to remind us of Big 12 football, where what they say, they don't play a lot of defense. It's just Dallas is real, and we're going to get into that. And then, you know, uh, the Cardinals feel like they've left some points on the the field, and it wouldn't surprise me if they're in the 35s in in Dallas. I mean, we'll talk about their offense tomorrow. Man, they got some weapons. Andy Dalton did not have those weapons last year when he played the Cardinals. I mean, he had Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon. I mean, uh, they have talent now. Again, we'll talk about them tomorrow, but this is going to kind of remind me of a, a Big 12 game. I, re- I mean, I know it's the NFL, and it could come down to who has the ball last, or you know, you're going to have to you're going to have to score points in this game. I don't think it's going to be like 15 to five, or, or excuse me, like 15 to 10. Well, the one Big 12 game that he started and played in, talking about Kyler Murray at AT&T Stadium, was the Big 12 championship game against Texas on December 1st, 2018. 379 passing yards and three touchdowns plus 39 rushing yards as Oklahoma won 39 to 21. Murray did acknowledge that he will take a moment to enjoy, but then added, quote, I know what's at stake. We're playing to win and that's the end goal. This isn't about me going home. This is about us playing the Cowboys, a good football team. Then he added this, quote, to enjoy it, you got to win. End quote. And I think that speaks volumes right there because it doesn't matter. You walk off that field Monday nights and you want to be able to hold your head up high coming off a win, whether that's three nothing or 30 to 29. If you go into Texas, perform well, this Cardinals team is going to be the talk across not only locally, but nationally on Tuesday morning. Yeah. And, and really it's the next game. So it's the biggest game. It's the next game. And Murray mentioned, you know, and a couple guys because of COVID. Normally, you know, I'm, I'm sure his parents have traveled. I know they were traveling last year. You know, he has them when he's when he's in town um, for home games. But with COVID, usually when you go in, and sometimes you have aunts and uncles and cousins, and you and they all want tickets. But the night before, like, you can go to a banquet hall, you can go to a restaurant and get a private room and you just mingle and make sure you get back to the hotel in time and you make sure you don't, you, obviously the food you're eating is not going to affect you the next day. That, that, that's all out the window. So it, it's different because the Cardinals are going in on a Sunday. Um, you know, they'll have their team meal probably on a plane, they'll have a meeting and it's going to be a long day on, on Monday just because you're waiting around. A lot of players don't like that. They want to play right away, but. Um, but to go back there, it's it's unfortunate because that's when you get a chance to see your family. You can kind of mingle for an hour or two because you just can't do it during the season unless they come visit you and, and they want you to focus on your job. So um, it's a lot different. I think if we didn't have COVID, um, I think they he probably would have got a chance to see some family members. Yeah, there's going to be a lot less distractions for so him. So in other words, business trip. This is really, it's really a bit a business trip. You just don't have time to do that stuff anymore or the, the protocols don't allow it. Yeah. You fly in, go to the hotel, stay in the hotel, go to the game, go to the airport 
and then you head back home. And as you said, it they're not allowed to do anything outside the hotel. So you're not going to be able to mingle or see family or friends. There might be a couple of family and friends in attendance. DeAndre right. Hopkins was hoping to see some Cardinal jerseys and some number 10 jerseys in the stands as well, being from that area. Yet at the same time, it is going to be a lot less distracting, I think. And that's that's a good thing. Yet you said it. That's the one player, Kyle Murray, that I am not worried about one bit about going into AT&T Stadium. Maybe someone else, a younger player, you walk in, see the huge scoreboard, see the enormous arena in what building is, and all of a sudden you kind of lose sight of what you were there to do. Yes, it's 100 yards. When the game kicks off, it should be just another football game. It's leading up to it. And then the waiting around on Monday for kickoff, because that's a long wait. And sometimes that's the worst as far as just the anticipation of something happening. You can't tell me Andy Isabella is not going to be, you know, what do they say? It's America's team. I mean, yep. and they haven't won a Super Bowl since the 80s, right? The late 80s. I mean, how do you, it, like I said, it's 100,000 stadium. I mean, it's, it fits 100,000 people. And when you go in there, you go into Arlington and right across is the baseball field. Um, it's just fascinating. So, I, I mean, I would go out there for pregame warm-ups. I would definitely, if he's he's going to be the punt returner, I would make sure the angles because of the lighting and, and the and the jumbotron. Uh, I got to think he and but the game starts. So you just you just hope a guy doesn't get caught up in the moment during the game like that after the first couple possessions it's football it, this is what you do this is what you practice for but I, I don't know how guys can't you know mason cole said he was excited to go to tampa because that's where he was from you know when he went back i i, it's, I just think some guys it's going to be a little bit more difficult i know it's it's football and they've done it their whole life but it's just glitz and glamour i well, think it, it's not like vegas you've been there here I mean, you got to get invited there. And you mentioned Andy Isabella. How about a Dennis Gardeck, a Chase yeah. Edmonds? Guys from smaller schools in which they're playing in front of several thousand, and now all of a sudden you've got a building that holds 100,000. There only will be about 20 to 25 of actual people in the seats, but just the enormity of the whole thing and this that building and then, of course, the star and the Dallas Cowboys, America's team, they're always on television, even though they haven't done much playoff-wise, postseason-wise. It is the team in the National Football League. Yeah, and I, and I think, you know, I know a lot of people um, maybe don't see eye and Jerry Jones. I think he's great for the league. I mean, Al Davis was great for the league. You need some guys. I'm not saying they're rogue. Um, but they're going to give their opinions. And Jerry Jones and Bob Kraft, um, they've done a ton when it comes to the TV contracts, the late Pat Bolin. Um, and in the, the NFL, you know, they're, uh, you got to give them credit. Um, the fact that they're moving games around, but they're still able to play games and the protocols t- getting tested every day. Um, they want this to work, but I, I think Jerry Jones is good for the NFL. I really do. Bird Gang, subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go, like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, The Cardinals Red Sea Report, and, of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. 
Week six, Monday night football, 5.15 is the kickoff Arizona time. Cowboys and Cardinals from AT&T Stadium. As you said, MJ, should be a shootout, at least as you look at this on paper, because on paper, and not even on paper, on the football field through the first five games, this Cowboys defense is putting up numbers that are historical, but in the opposite direction in the wrong direction they've allowed 30 points in each of the past four games they rank 32nd in points allowed 36 they are averaging for opposing teams and that you don't expect from a Dallas Cowboys defense no and just like any other team they've been hit with some injuries but you know they lose Gerald McCoy early uh, it was a devastating injury in training camp and you know they bring in Mike Nolan um, you know, Ron Marinelli was there for a while. Um, and then Nolan, he, the first couple of games, he was up in the booth, and now he's on the sidelines, so they're trying to find some kind of chemistry there. Um, they haven't been tackling well. But these numbers, uh, you normally don't see these numbers in the NFC East just because usually it's it's a physical division. You know, the quarterback play could be up and down, but they rely on the running game. They rely on, you know, uh, making stops and just being physical. And it does, in, in fairness to Dallas, they've had some injuries on the offensive line where they paid a ton of money to those guys, but we're talking to the defense today. Yeah, I'm, I'm a little surprised, but when you watch them play, it's almost like we're going to try to outscore you. And that's been the case. They fell behind uh, a lot of times in each game. And let's be quite frank here. I mean, the Giants could have won that game last week. And the Giants, they average, they're, they're not very good offensively. Now, you lose Saquon Barkley and then Daniel Jones is kind of going learning a new system under, you know, Jason Garrett. They put up 24 points in that game. So that's alarming just if you're a Cowboys fan going, you know, they couldn't even shut down this team. And, and that team is still winless like the New York Jets are combined. They're 0-10. Well, you can make a case that the Cowboys should be 0-5. I mean, their two wins were by field goals. Otherwise, if it goes the other way, this yeah. team is winless. And now on the national stage of Monday Night Football, that becomes the conversation. It's still a conversation because it's always a conversation with the Cowboys. But in other words, as far as the numbers are concerned, 27th in total yards, 28th against the run, 20th against the pass. They are not good on third down. They haven't stopped anyone on fourth down. They allow 65% inside the red zone teams are scoring touchdowns on 13 of 20 trips inside the 20 yard line they don't really get after the quarterback a lot they only have one interception and that was by cornerback Chidobe Awuzi who's currently on injured reserve with a hamstring injury he is eligible to return this week we'll see if that happens also able to return is linebacker Leighton Vanderesh who was on there with a collarbone injury. So some of the bigger names, some of the more talented players potentially coming back this week, which certainly would help the Cowboys at the same time. You're on IR for several weeks. Are you in game shape? How many snaps can you play? So that's something to pay attention to with those two players in particular, if they are able to come back off injured reserve this week. These rankings kind of remind me of 2018 with the Cardinals. I mean, not to be trite, I'm just saying like when you're 29 and 30 and 31 and 28 across the board, that's not right. I mean, you would think they would focus on one area. 
And, you know, maybe this is the get-right game to get that running game going. As you mentioned, they're 28th, giving up 156 yards. I'm surprised they're only 20th in passing. I guess teams are getting leads maybe in the second half and they're trying to run the ball, not throw it down the field. Um, they're actually right in the same boat as the Cardinals. I don't even know if they have an interception this year. The Cardinals obviously have one. Um, so, but, yeah, first downs, I mean, it's just you, you just look at it and go, they would have to force turnovers. They would have to get a special teams touchdown to kind of even it out unless their offense is just is rolling. And they have the talent to do it. I just I just wonder if they're going to try to run the ball. And, again, we'll get into that tomorrow. I would hope the Cardinals decide to run the ball a little bit. I mean, I wouldn't say 307 yards like the Browns did a couple of weeks back, and the Giants only managed 89 yards on the ground. But if you look at what the Cardinals have done rushing-wise and then the issues the Cowboys have had stopping the run, this is where not only a Kenyon Drake or Chase Edmonds might be able to get going, but also Kyler Murray. And, of course, under the bright lights, maybe Murray showcases himself a little bit more. That's the big fear in all of this. Does Murray try to do too much? But if you stay within the offense and stay within the game plan, then I think this is once again a game on paper that the Cardinals should be able to come out on top. Yeah, it seemed like last year Murray was, you know, I think he, I don't know if he felt the pressure, but we all knew there was a ton of pressure on him. Plus, is that offense going to work? And a lot of times he tried to make plays on his own, which I'm not going to begrudge the guy. That's what makes him great. That's what makes him a fierce competitor. But I think based on the offseason and him trusting uh, what they're doing offensively, I think he wants to get more guys involved, more engaged. And so they don't have to – now, we know they're going to throw the ball to Hopkins. They, they're going to run the ball with Drake and Edmonds, and hopefully Edmonds gets more opportunities. But I think he's willing to kind of drive the car. Um, you know what I mean? He's, he's got that Rolls Royce out there, and he's got the uh, the players around it. And you look at the offensive line. So I think more he's more about getting everyone involved because you only can feed so many guys. But when you're throwing the ball 37 times or 30 or 38 times, there's enough to go around. Well, and if he's throwing the ball to a DeAndre Hopkins or a Larry Fitzgerald, guys who are used to the spotlight, especially on Monday Night Football, you alluded to it earlier in the show. Hopkins, 700 receiving yards, four touchdown catches, and three 100-yard performances playing on Monday night. And then you look at what Fitz has done, his last Monday night appearance back in 2017 against the Cowboys. 13 receptions, 149 yards, and a touchdown. So we could see video game numbers, if you will, from the Cardinals on offense, and let's hope that's the case. And hopefully the defense gets a stop or two to where it becomes a little bit more comfortable for the visitors, especially late in the contest. But perhaps if last week was a get-right game, then this week against this Cowboys defense becomes how about we – get better or get on track as far as the offense is concerned. Yeah, put some good film out there for the Seahawks. You know, they're sitting back. they got a bye week, and then Cardinals will face them. Uh, Larry is four receptions away from 14,000. That would put him, obviously, you know, he's not going to catch Jerry Rice, but he'd be the only second wide receiver in NFL history to achieve that. And that could be one of those situations where they take the ball out. Stop the game, if you will, and let Fitz have his moment. He won't want that. 
it, it could be one of those plays where they need to get a first down and the clock is ticking and he's going to take the ball and put it in the, in the center of the field. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 only, it's, it's only going to be done the second time. Now, Hopkins could be that guy, you know, eight years from now if he plays that long. But, yeah, and, and again, this is another milestone that I think Larry appreciates. I really do. It's it's not, but he wants to win. If, if they ca- he catches three balls and it happens in the next game, so be it. He's happy with that. But it's just another milestone, you know, to where, you know, we, we look at numbers, you know, 1,200, 1,300, 1,400. And, and that would put him in an elite class. Again, only one other guy in NFL history has more, and that's Jerry Rice. Well, and you know that Fitz is well aware of how many catches to reach that milestone. So as soon as he catches that football, depending on where they are in the game, if he has to hand it to the official so they can spot it, he's making that catch, the whistle is going to blow, and he's going to throw it to the sideline. We've seen that before. Even though he doesn't like talking about it or acknowledging it, in the back of his head, he's got that counter ticking down. Oh, wait, you know what? This is my ball right here, and he'll throw it so he can preserve it later on. Well, I've already reminded him. I don't think he needed any reminding. I know, but I just, you know, I just, you know, four away. Because we'd go had a conversation, or maybe it was when he wasn't getting targeted, he had 10. And I thought, ah, oh, this can happen. And then last week I was pounding that drum. He's never scored a regular season touchdown against the Jets, let alone the postseason, obviously. And, I was, and that didn't happen. So this is the next uh, benchmark when it comes to a milestone. Well, See, but maybe this Cardinals team, they don't pass the ball and they just run it down the Cowboys' throats. And you're looking at Kyler Murray. You're looking, maybe you're looking at three guys with over 100 yards rushing because that's what would have happened a couple of weeks ago. The Cleveland Browns with 309, you divide it by three players and all of a sudden, instead of this passing uh, highlights that we would all anticipate to see on Monday Night Football, it becomes a ground and pound game for the Arizona Cardinals. Well, that's usually what happens. You know, it's, we talk about offense, offense, and we know the numbers are up. And then it's, I just hope we're not looking at a 7-6 game like they had against the Jets, please. Um, I, if they rush for 300 yards, that tells me they're probably winning, and that's great. Um, I want to see some balls, you know, thrown around a little bit. I, I want to see them open up this offense, but be, be within the frame of the offense. Don't be reckless. It was interesting to hear Mason Cole when asked about the Cowboys' defense and how many points they were allowing, and you get the sense that whether it was Sean Kugler in a meeting room or Cliff Kingsbury in a team meeting room, that it was mentioned that this Cowboys' defense, as Mason Cole said, quote, this defense has eight former Pro Bowlers on it. They have that ability. We just haven't seen it so far this season. But you look at them, at Demarcus Lawrence and Alden Smith, uh, Daryl Worley. They have talent. Of course, some of that talent is also on the sidelines right now, uh, Leighton Vander Esch, Sean Lee. But there are guys that if you give this team room or give them some confidence, especially late, it's no different than the conversation we had a week ago leading into the Jets contest. Maybe it takes them that this is the week because I'm sure they're talking about it just as much as we are, the bright lights, the spotlight lets us as a defense make a play. Yeah, and don't forget about Alden Smith. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, obviously he's had some trouble, but he finally back in the league. And they have Trayvon um, Diggs. He's a he's a rookie, obviously the brother of Stefan Diggs. Um, and, you know, curious to see if they get um, one of their corners back. Um, he's right now, as you pointed out a little bit earlier, um, 
Woozy. A woozy. Yeah, they, he, I liked him coming out. He's tall. He's a tall corner. Um, and and again, it's you know I don't know if Dallas once again the Cardinals will, will play a four three defense. It seems like they play four three defense all year. When I think the numbers are sixteen teams play three four, sixteen teams play a four three. Um, and we know that they line up five guys, usually it's three up front, their hand, their dirt, and then two linebackers. So it could be a little misleading. But, you know, if you're if you're Mike Nolan, once again, you got to pick your poison. Do you try to keep Kyler Murray in the pocket? Because now all of a sudden, if, if they're going to roll coverage on, on Hopkins, Fitzgerald, Kirk, Isabella, possibly Arnold, uh, uh, Edmonds, you wonder how they're going to approach this because – I don't. I have to look at their, their teams they played. I mean, I mean, they're going against one of the most dynamic quarterbacks when it comes to rushing the football. This is not going against Carson Wentz and Daniel Jones. This is totally different here. It's probably like them going against their quarterback in practice, but not the speed. Yeah, there is certainly a similarity with Dak Prescott, but the elusiveness and how much Murray runs versus Prescott, of course, we're not going to be able to be able to see that matchup this week, which is very unfortunate. But you bring up a good point as far as how familiar this Cowboys defense is when you have a true dual threat at quarterback. Yes, he wants to stay in the pocket and throw the football, but if you're given him an open rushing lane, or you leave that middle of the field open, and he saw it once in that Jets game where he just ran straight ahead for 16 yards because there was no one in the middle. Now, how do you adjust? And then does Murray adjust, and all of a sudden there becomes more single coverage with the wide receivers? Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I mean, if, if you want to go back, I think Phil Snow did a really good job on Murray, uh, whether it was Jeremy Chin or, you know, it could have been one of the linebackers or – uh, safety in, in the Lions game. And, you know, they, they do have some guys that, you know, uh, Sean Lee, is. if he was in there, I think he'd be really good in, in the run game because he's, a, you know, guys dealt with some injuries in his career because he's not afraid he, he'll tackle with his upper body, which, you know, is obviously he, he's out right now for different reasons. But I think they would support more in the run game there. Um, but they're going to have to pick their poison because, if they're going to rush four and drop seven, um, he's not going to force it. And you know, you know who I talked to last week or last night? Roy Green. Roy checked in, and he 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 says Murray. This is his, this is Roy. He said Murray is so accurate. Um, the receivers. I mean, he said they have to know when he's throwing it to him. They got to catch the ball. Now he did make a comment to me that he doesn't think the Cardinals receivers are getting separation. I trust Roy, and he thinks Hopkins is not getting a lot of separation. He thinks he's a great route runner, um, good catch radius. But that's interesting. Comes from you know a guy that I truly respect when it comes to the game, uh, all-time Cardinal favorite, Ring of Honor guy. But yeah, it was interesting just to hear his thoughts because we miss him, you know, doing the uh, Red Sea Report and some of the post-game stuff. But that's something I'll look for. But he said Kyle has been very accurate. And I think last week probably is, you know, it's what have you done for me lately. We know how accurate he was on the 37 ball and the 45-yarder, but really the intermediate routes, the money zone. I went back and looked. The closest comparison I could find, MJ, with respect to who the Cowboys have faced this season 
Russell Wilson, although That's he only fair. rushed it six times for 22 yards, passed for 315 and five touchdowns. Five touchdowns. So this is, I think, a little bit different, but yep. – that's as close. Otherwise, you're looking at a Baker Mayfield, uh, a Jared Goff. So there's really no one, and I don't even know if there's anyone in the league quite like a Kyler Murray. So it is going to be that chess match. What does Mike Nolan do defensively? And then what does Cliff Kingsbury do to counter what the Cowboys show defensively? Yeah, and we saw Greg Williams. I mean, like I said, it's a chess match. It's, it's almost like pick your poison. Do you, do you try to bring five or six on Murray where you're going to try to, you know, cut down on his throwing lanes? He's going to have to find a crease. He's going to have to roll outside the pocket, which obviously gives their defense some trouble because they got to cover and guys come back to the ball. But I, I, I noticed, um, in the game last night, I, you look at Josh Allen, they're cutting the field in half for him. And Mark Trustman did that. And he's a right-handed quarterback now. He can go to his left. And there's sometimes that Kyler can do that, and it doesn't mean he has to run. The, the, the wide receivers will start dragging to the sidelines. Some will come back to the ball. And maybe you're thinking about an intermediate route, but it could be a 10-yard pass. So there's different ways to, to calculate that. If they, if they want to rush him and he gets outside the pocket, or if they want to rush four, and according to Roy, he thinks he's been really accurate. You know, obviously, you know, he's got some interceptions and there could have been a couple more. And maybe he's just taking chances there, but calculated chances. Well, he's completing almost 70 percent of his passes, which is a great number. Yet there are certainly been times where we've seen him overthrow receivers or throw wide to receivers, take chances on yep. those deeper shots. So even better than that, I think, is what people can start to hopefully expect from a Kyler Murray. Maybe that happens this coming Monday night. As we bring this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals full circle. We began talking about Chandler Jones. More on that tomorrow when defensive coordinator Vance Joseph addresses the media. Not sure how much in depth or detail we'll get from the defensive coordinator as far as what now they'll try to do to mitigate the loss of number 55 but I am certainly curious on what this team will attempt to do without Jones on the field. Yeah, they're going to play uh, probably six outside linebackers. <laughs> Flood the position. We're bringing six. You only can block five. We're not worried about you throwing it. I'm being oh. facetious. Now, he's not going to tell us, but he, if you listen to him when he talks, not so much connecting the dots, but they'll have a game plan, and that game plan was put in um, when they got back from – from uh, New York, and they knew that Dak was going to be out. We'll find out tomorrow. And on that note, let's put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.